everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Right, hello everyone. Uh, we are back finally uh, after Lee swung around Mexico for two weeks um, and I decided it wasn't fair that he had a holiday so I went on holiday for a week. Only to Scotland though, so not as glamorous. Um, if you are joining us for the first time, my name's Vicky um, and my gorgeous business partner Lee and we run the Pet Accountant, which is an accountancy firm dedicated to helping pet businesses all across the UK. I'm going to get that recorded. Um, so what we do, if you are new, is we go through various different topics, um, financial-related topics. Sometimes we talk a bit about marketing and sales, uh, and sometimes we have some special guests on. Uh, and on that note, we have a very special guest lined up for next week um, for all you dog trainers out there. So we don't like to neglect anybody. So I know we do a lot on groomers. We did, we've done stuff on walkers uh, and boarders. So this time we have uh, someone very special for the dog trainers. And to be honest, any pet business will probably benefit from her pearls of wisdom. Um, so, But if you are a dog trainer, then definitely tune in next Friday, I think it's going to be. So it'll be wind down Friday next week. Anyway. You know I was just thinking about oh. You what? I thinking I haven't got a glass of wine. I know, I haven't either, actually. I've, I've got water. But yeah, wine down water doesn't sound as good. Uh, I don't think we've ever had a drink. I'm a changed woman. Last year when I did this, I was always on the booze. So yeah, New yeah. Year's resolution, don't drink and do Facebook lives because then you get put in Facebook jail like I did last time for swearing too much. So, uh, right, this week uh, is probably not going to be as a long one as we usually do, um, but it's going to be on expenses and software. We do get um, a lot of questions on the group about what do I categorise this as? Um, should I put it in this or how do I do this? Um, you know, I'm getting a van. How do I put that on my software? Um, and it's not going to be specific to any software. It's going to be a general discussion um, of probably the most common ones that we find that will help you if you're doing your own accounts and using the software yourself and not getting anyone to do the bookkeeping for you. So I think the first one I'm going to kick it off with, and if you do have any questions, even if it's not around expenses, then please pop them in the comments and we will answer them as we go along. Don't be shy. Literally any question you've got of is on expenses, even better, because that's a topic, but whack it in the comments uh, and we'll answer them as we go along. Uh, the first one I'm going to say, and I'm, Lee will probably giggle at this, is uh, we were at Crufts this year and uh, a lady, when we were talking about software, and we said, oh, you know, what What do you categorise things as? And she turned around and said, well, I don't really know, so I just put it in effort, it's sundries. It, you can't put everything in sundries. <laughs> um, we find a lot when we go in, the like sundries has about three grand in there, and it's a mixture of, of loads of things. So Lee is going to tell us, what the sundries column is actually for and what you should put in materials and what you should put in consumables or purchases, because they're all very similar to, um, I'm guessing people who don't really understand the world of accounting. So we understand why you might get confused, but we're going to give you a quick 
sort of explanation without going into too much detail because we'll bore you to death um, of the differences between. So when you're doing it, you know which box to put it in and also maybe cost of sales because that throws people as well. So Lee, we'll start with sundries. Go. Okay. Sundries is a big one. And I, I just want to reiterate what Vicky said about sundries with people putting a lot of money in there. It is the first account that HMRC goes to to look for when they are looking for bits and pieces that you claim for. Um, in general speaking, there should be no more than a couple of hundred quid in the sundries um, category when you come to do your set of accounts for a, for a total of a year. So the sundry account is only used for items that you buy maybe as a one-off and that they wouldn't fit in any other type of category and that they're not material to your accounts. These are type of things such as um, a plant for the office. You don't need to put that and create a separate expense category for it because in the grand scheme of things, one plant won't make a difference to your accounts. And because of that, you can use the sundry or general expenses category. If you do put everything to general because you're not sure where it goes, or if you just think, well, it's just general, I just generally use it from day to day, that's the wrong type of category to use. And, and really, you know, I've seen sundry accounts be used for absolutely everything <laughs> and anything. Um, I, it's I've, the, it's I've also... the fuck it sundries category. And I said yeah. it. So again, one-off purchases that doesn't happen again. If it's a regular thing, you need to create a, create a category for that regular thing. If it's if it's like for argument's sake, um, I've had some people that create uh, have like music licenses where they pay them in the stores. The music license is a one-off fee that they pay every year. If it doesn't kind of fit into the subscription category because you're not subscribing to the music service like you would be with, I can't even say Spotify because Spotify is not an allowable expense, unfortunately. But it's that type of thing. So if it's it's the one-off fee that you only pay once a year and that doesn't generally happen, and it shouldn't be very much in high value. There are some odd instances where it might be of high value, um, but it should only happen once or twice a year, and then that's it. And then it's just it can go in a sundry account. Your poo bags, your um, your shampoos, that is not a sundry item. Um, so try not to use that account. That account is your last resource account to use. So sundry items, plants, one-offs that really don't fit anywhere else, but not something you basically buy on a regular basis. Like if, if you're a limited company, you might have to pay the company's house fee uh, for every year. Again, that would go into sundries for me because it's it's the only category that it generally fits in. Do you not put that in legal and professional? Um, not really, because it's not it's not a, a legal thing. It's more of a when when I think <laughs> it's more of a professional. Thing. <laughs> yeah, it's professional for me would be solicitor that type right. of professional service type thing um and 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 again from the legal side of things and that could be if you've if you've bought uh, an asset and as part of that you had to engage a solicitor to draw up the terms and conditions of the sale so that would be the legal and professional side so um, if someone was getting like um planning permission or um a boarding license 
for instance. Yes. Fabulous. Yeah. Do us a favour, Lee, pull your blinds because you look like, I don't know what you look like with the sun shining on you. The oracle of accounting. <laughs> there we go. We can see his lovely tanned face now. Um, right, so we've covered sundries. If you're just joining us, please put your questions in the comments. Um, sundry items, one-off things that don't really fit anywhere, like a plant. That's a good example. Uh, what about then stuff like consumables and materials and purchases? Because some software, I think free agent, uh, I mean, free agent does weird categories, to be fair. Materials in free agent. Yeah, so, so what would go on those? Okay, so depending on what software you're using, if it's free agent, you have the choice of materials out of the box. So if you don't change any of the categories, it's materials. In uh, zero, I nearly swore then said QuickBooks. Um, <gasps> oh, in in zero, that generally comes with purchases. I also think cost of sales is another one that's available in free agent as well. But basically, all three of those, so materials, purchases, and cost of sales, are all things that you buy to use in your business that helps you generate the sale. So if you're buying things to sell, that is a purchase. It is materials. It is cost of sales. If you're buying shampoo to use for grooming a dog, that is purchases. It's materials. Um we had an instance this week where uh, somebody misunderstood materials and thought it was building materials, um, whereas building materials would fall under the repairs and maintenance heading. Um, so it uses materials because it assumes that you could be a manufacturing business. And if you're manufacturing, you would use raw materials in your product. Mm. and Therefore, you'd have a stock of, of materials and buy materials in to make a finished product. Um, so when you when you look at the software and their terms, try to think of it from that perspective, and then things will start to make a little bit of sense. There are some oddball ones in there that that, that are really difficult to understand. Um, but but generally speaking, if you're if you're buying things in, when we talk of cost of sales, the cost of sales is a group of expenses or categories that make up. The, the items that you've purchased to sell. Um, and what we do is well, at the end of your year, you should do a stock tick and, and have a value of items that you have to use to roll on into the following year that you didn't use. So ultimately, your cost of sales is your opening stock, which is what you had left over from last year. You add in all of the year's purchases or materials of things that you've bought this year to, mm. to use within your business to generate the sales, wash the dogs, um, you know, poo bags, things along those lines. And then you've got your, and then you have to got your closing stock, which gets taken off that figure because that again rolls onto the next year, which becomes your opening stock figure. So you should do a stock take at the end of the tax year or at the end of your financial year. Uh, and, and that figure needs to go in your account as your closing stock. And what that does is that affects your taxable profit that you report to HMRC. And the reason that you should do that is because you've bought those items within the year and you didn't use them. The part that you didn't use, you can't claim as a full expense. And that needs to roll over into the next year when you will use it. Hmm. We've had a, a lot of things in the past where... 
people think they're really clever and they think, oh, well, I've got all this money sat there and I'm going to have a large tax bill to pay. So for argument's sake, if you build fences, I had a client once that said, do you know what, I'm going to buy a load of wood and I'm just going to sit on the wood and put it in the shed. Well, that made no difference to their tax bill because when we did a stock take, we had to roll the figure that they sat on into next year. So all it did was give them less cash flow because they've used all this money to buy the wood mm. that they're not ready to get. So you've got to be really careful with that. But but part of it is opening stock plus the purchases or your materials that you buy, less your closing stock gives you your cost of sales figure, which when you take your cost of sales away from your sales, that gives you what's called your gross profit. So that is the profit that your business has before any of your overheads or your running costs are taken away from it. Okay. Hopefully you followed that. Maybe it may be something everyone might need to rewind and play again. Uh, but just remember it's on the podcast. So if you want to re- listen to it again, listen to it on the podcast. Um, because I know some of this stuff is quite technical, but sometimes it's really hard to to make it simpler because we just can't. Um, but hopefully that made sense to everyone. So if you were to buy poo bags and stuff like poo bags, um, dog biscuits that you're going to buy on a regular basis, where would you put that? Um, I would create another category called consumables. It would go in the cost of sales area. Um, and then you you could add it to that. If you if you don't want to create another category, if you're in free agent, you can put it in materials or cost of sales. If you're in zero, you can put it to purchases. Fab. And like they said, you know, I know in free agent, I know a lot of people on here use free agent, especially if you're a smaller business, you can create your own categories. Okay. So if I don't think free agent has a consumables category, so if you or a repairs and maintenance category. So if you want to go in and do that, you just have to go to your settings in the top right hand corner um, and it'll bring up loads of headings and one of them says accounting categories if you go in there you can create your own category but just as like uh in the brackets and the small print don't go mad and create categories for every mortal thing that you buy because that's just going to mess your account up even more so like some accounts will come in and there's literally like a thousand different categories for like every single thing the person's bought um so don't go mad um, and just do the ones that make sense and try and keep it to minimums. Again, I don't think there's a clothing category in there. So if, the most common I think that people make are clothing, repairs and maintenance, uh, consumables. And I think that's probably it, like your motor costs, that's there. Um, that sure. basically- another one that there's a common mistake with. So in the insurance costs, whether regardless of what software that you're in, Insurance refers to your business insurance. So that will be things like your employer's liability, your professional indemnity. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any others. It's it's basically the insurances for the business to operate. Not it's car insurance. Not car insurance. And it's not insurance if you buy an iPhone and you get Apple Care as the insurance or you buy a, a laptop from Curry's and it comes with their their damage warranty that type of insurance gets classified the same almost the same as the item that you've bought so if you bought a telephone fragment say if you bought an apple iphone and you took out the the insurance side of it 
the the purchase of the iPhone would need to go to computer um, as a, as an asset in the computer hardware category in free agent, but the the insurance aspect would go to telephone and internet. It's basically a, a monetary amount that you're spending based on your telephone rather than thinking of it as insurance. Another big one is certainly if you've got commercial premises, your landlord in one of the months might back charge you their insurance for that premises. But for your aspect, that invoice is still rent just because they're charging you and classing it as insurance. It's still rent for you. So that would go into your rent category. Um, now, remember, if you claim the 45 pence a mile for your vehicle, you can't then claim the insurance for the vehicle as well. So if you've got insurance coming out of your business bank account, but you, you, you're you claiming mileage at 45 pence a mile, regardless of what software it would be, that insurance would need to go down as drawings. Um, and, and that would be the same as well then. So you can't claim the tax for the car. You can't claim the mileage for it. You can't claim any, claim any repairs and maintenance to the vehicle. Yeah, I think that is definitely a big one. I, I think everyone just lumps any sort of insurance in the insurance category, which would make sense if you didn't understand what that meant. And this is why we do these podcasts and things is because, you know, if I was looking at free agent and I was um, a dog trainer and I thought, well, I've got some insurance and there's insurance category, I'm going to put it in the insurance category. So this is why we do these things is to keep you guys on the right track because it's not information you're going to find elsewhere. You know, HMRC aren't going to be like, all right, yes, for this, you put it in that category. Um, And obviously when things go digital, this is going to be really, really important because HMRC are already cracking down on loads of things now at the minute more than they used to. And I have a feeling that when things go digital, they'll probably be doing it even more. So it's really important that you get these right, because if they start digging and they see you've got a lot of things in the wrong categories, they're going to start digging even more. So just this is why we do these things, obviously, to, to avoid that. Um, another big one is drawings, which you touched on. Drawings should not go. Money you take out, if you're a sole trader, money you're taking out as your wage does not go down as net salary expense. Um, no. It's not an expense. It needs to go as drawings. So if you're, think, if you're a free agent user, the first column is money paid to user, and that'll automatically change the next one to drawings, and then it'll have your name underneath. So make sure that you put it to drawings and not net salary expense, because otherwise your profit figure and your tax figure that they produce at the bottom is going to be incorrect. Um, And I have had that on a tax return. Someone wasn't expecting a tax bill because free agents said zero. And that was because they put their wage down as a net salary expense. Um, So just don't get caught out with that. Um, And I've had quite a few that pick randomly realised currency exchange (laughs) <laughs> I don't Before, even know what the hell that is <laughs> like what the hell is realised currency exchange that people have got loads of crap in I think the, I think the realised currency exchange is used where if you've spent something abroad and there's a difference between the the currency that you have and the UK value or if you've purchased currency um, and it fluctuates on the open market, when you revalue it, you can change the the 
physical amount that you have back in UK pounds using the exchange rate. And that would be that category. I've yeah. never, ever used it. And I highly doubt any of our clients would even need that setting. No. Um, but just touching bases back on that drawings, in free agent, and it is only free agent, free agent actually displays the drawings at the bottom of your profit and loss report. Mm. It actually takes that away from your profit level. So be very, very careful if you're using free agent to complete your self-assessment because you need to take the net profit at the very bottom of the page and ignore the fact that it's taking drawings away from it. Why does it do that? I don't know because it, it drawings doesn't affect your profits. It's money that you can take out of the business. It's your profits from the business that have that have accumulated over the years as, as business has gone on. So it's a really strange way or, or place to put it, but I suppose it's doing it to show you what you've got left to take maybe. So it is know, confusing it's- because again, going back to that example, but that is exactly what the client said. Well, hang on a minute. They've taken it away. And I, maybe it's maybe someone should tell free agent that's a crap thing that they're doing in their in their system. Um, just as a, a random side note, if me and Lee look rather tired today, Lee thought it was a really good idea not just to get one puppy, but to get two puppies. Um, he thought it was a really good idea. Vicky, I've just instead of just getting one, I've decided to get both. Uh, straight after being on holiday. Unfortunately, bless one of them's deaf. So he's got his hands uh full with those two plus his other dogs. He got three boxes. Um then I got jealous that Lee had two puppies and got a bit FOMO and decided that I wanted a puppy. <laughs> Um, and we got uh, little Mabel who was going to make an appearance today but she's flat out in bed asleep and didn't want to wake her up because it's like waking up a beast um, and she's a little wide haired dash hound uh, who will make an appearance next week at some point so she can say hello so yeah if, we're, if, we're do- if we are looking slightly um, tired <laughs> it's because we have six dogs between us and three of them being puppies so uh, yes our hand it's what? Late nights, early morning and no alcohol. And no alcohol, this is what happens. Um, but right, so we've covered that. I think a really important one, and again, we're going to try and keep this as simple as we can, is when you're buying large items. Now, that is when you need to put them as an asset on any software that you're using. Now, what you and shouldn't be doing... Cash, cash expense, unless you're on cash um, basis. Yeah. So what you shouldn't be doing is buying like a printer for 40 quid and then capitalizing that um, and putting depreciation on it for three years because it's a printer. Um, so we're going to try, I say we, Lee's going to because I'm the hostess. And I just like, I just like Quizzle Lee because it's hilarious. Um, and then arguing with him. Um, yeah. So we're going to try and Lee in a simple way. Yeah. And not a long-winded way, so I don't fall asleep. Uh, of, and let's just say I'm trying to think of things that people are going to buy. Let's just say someone buys a mobile phone because that's generic, and you're buying an Apple mobile phone, and it costs a grand. How would they put that mobile phone through? Because some people just put it in like materials or purchases or equipment, and it needs to be done in a different way. So. A mobile okay. phone. 
So bear with me a second. So the way that we're about to tell you how to do it is based purely on the fact that you're using the accruals base when you do your accounts. Which most now, people do. Most people do, yes. You can opt to use the cash basis, but again, that's up to you when you complete your self-assessment. And the way that you account things is different for both of those schemes. And we're not going to go through the difference on them tonight because, again, most people on here will be using the accruals basis. So the next step of that process is deciding, and this is, again, is down to the individual business, at what level of purchase you will create an asset out of something. So for argument's sake, a, a business turning over a million pound a year might not need to make something an asset that's a hundred pounds because it just doesn't make sense in that business to. So for argument's sake, they might say, well, actually we're not going to make anything an asset unless it's over 5,000 pounds. If you're a smaller business, uh, a groomer that's only turning over 35, 40,000, then you might say, well, actually, £500 is more of a sensible level and anything over £500 that I buy will become an asset of the business. Now, an asset is described as something that is over £100 and will be used in more than one accounting period, so i.e. over more than one year. So if you bought an Apple mobile phone, the chances are, they're going to start round about the 500 to 600 pound mark and they're going to go up to the 14 and 1500 pound mark depending on what model it is that you buy if you're on free agent you would classify that phone as computer equipment okay and what you will notice is when you select computer equipment you you'd class it as a, a current asset then computer equipment and it doesn't go on your profit and loss it actually sits on what's called your balance sheet it will also ask you as part of that process over how many years you would like that item to lose value, which is its depreciation. Now, that bit is the technical side of accounts. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the tax that you're going to pay at that stage. It is a paper-based exercise. And what will happen is if you chose three years, um, in fact, if you chose four years for argument's sake, because it's an iPhone, it's rather expensive, it should last three to four years. It will take 25% of that value and it will add that 25% into, if we said the phone's a thousand pounds, it's going to add 250 pounds of depreciation into your accounts every year for four years until that, that phone is worth nothing. When you do your tax return, any assets that you've bought, you have to claim for those separately using what's called annual investment allowance. And it's a figure that HMRC has said that you can claim a maximum up to for any assets that you buy. And as long as your assets are below that, I think it's about a million pound at the moment, you can offset the, the purchase price of those assets um, against your tax liability. So, on a thousand pound, that will reduce your tax if you're a lower rate taxpayer by 20% on the tax. And if you're paying national insurance, it will also reduce it by 200, uh, by, by whatever percentage the national insurance is. And the exact amount of national insurance has just gone for me because it used to be 9%. 
but I think it increased when they did that national insurance levy. And I can't I can't think of what the exact figures off the top of my head. But the point that we're getting at is that the depreciation that that you select at the beginning is irrelevant of the tax savings that you can have on your self-assessment. But if you then start putting everything as assets and you've then got to keep this register of all these assets with all this depreciation that's going on and you've got to roll that over every single year, it becomes an absolute nightmare. And for accountants, the less assets we can have on an asset register, the better because it's it's easier for the paperwork and the, and the paper trail side of it. So we've talked about if the amount is over a certain value, but if, for argument's sake, that phone cost you £499, it's now below the level that you've decided to classify assets as. In free agent, there's something called equipment expensed, and that will allow you to put the phone on the equipment expensed item, and that will go straight on your profit and loss, and, and you'll get the tax relief at that stage of it. What you can't do is because you don't want to mess around with all this other bits and pieces. My level is 10 grand. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. It has to be realistic to the size of your business. And remember, HMRC's rules is if it's over £100 and is used in more than one accounting period. So have a look at your business, have a look at the things that you buy and set yourself a level that you would be confident at. So you'll have some purchases over it and that might only happen you know, once or twice a year and it might not happen for another three years. That's absolutely fine. But once you've chosen that level, you then can't pick and choose. It is a case of this year we're at 500. As your business grows, you might make a business decision to say, right, the next year my asset level is going to move to 1,000 and I'm not going to put anything on the asset register that's below 1,000. Um, but again, these are the type of things that when you're completing your own accounts that you have to do. And as accountants, this is what we do. So, you know, this is what we're paid to do. And this is the part that we do on your, first of all, if you're a sole trader, we put all the depreciation and handle that side in the set of sole trader accounts that we do for you guys. And then when we do your tax return, we handle all the annual investment allowance, which is where we claim the tax relief back on those assets. And I guess this is something that people don't really realise that we do. And I've mentioned this on a few episodes prior when someone said, oh, all you do is fill in a piece of paper. You know, maybe from, from people who don't understand what we do, maybe we, you know, we do just fill in a piece of paper. But actually what's going on in the background is a lot of calculations and a lot of things that you need to, to think about when you fill in your tax return. It really isn't as simple as just putting some figures in a box, you know, and, and we say it day in, day out that people have spent, you know, oh, I haven't got an accountant because it's easy. I'll just do it myself. And then they've thought about it and thought, well, maybe I will get an accountant. And actually, and I've had one recently where they hadn't had an accountant and they've took one on board and actually they've paid tax unnecessarily for the last two years because they put their startup costs through and had a 15, I think it was like maximum about 17 grand loss and didn't carry it forward because they were doing it themselves. So paid tax on the previous or the following two years until they came to us. And I went, hang on a minute, what have you done with this loss? Well, I didn't do anything. 
you know, and it, this is why we do these is because we understand that not everyone can afford an accountant. Um, so we do these lives to give you this bit of information to, to help you when you're doing your own tax return. But it really isn't as simple as just putting figures in the box, especially if you're buying hydro baths, for example, blasters, you know, agility equipment, um, vans, cars, you know, vans and cars. We could probably do one episode purely on vans and cars, which we probably will do at some point because it is quite important. And we know a lot of people do use their cars and, and buy vans uh, regardless of what job you've got. So we probably will do an episode on that. Um, but you've just got to be really, really careful, guys, of, of what you're putting in these boxes. And, you know, I'm not saying go out and get yourself an accountant at all, but all we're saying is, you know, do your research, listen to these podcasts because we're giving you all the information you need to do it yourself. Um, And a lot of people can try. The only time we'll ever say don't is if you've registered or limited company. Uh, Unless you've got a finance background, just do not attempt that yourself. And that is a whole other ball game with the limited companies. And again, we may well do an episode just for limited companies and the complexities on that. Because I think even if it's not um, expenses related, sometimes it's good. Sometimes we'll go through just some of the questions that we've seen on the group that are obviously quite important. Um, Whilst you have a little look, I'll I'll just chat about motor expenses. So... One of the things that we have seen is that where people claim actual expenses, so they ignore the 45 pence a mile, but put in fuel um, maintenance costs of the car or the van, along with the the, the road tax um, and the insurance. What we've noticed that some clients are doing is they might fill up the tank with, with diesel or petrol, and they'll do one, one, one receipt for the business, and then the next time they go and fill up, they won't put one in. And, and it's like put one in, miss one. In that, in their head, that's their way of working out the bit for the business and the bit of the personal usage. You can't do that. So what you generally do is you put absolutely everything through the business every time you fill up, every time there's a repair, uh, so that you, this this figure in the accounts balloons. And then what we would do as part of the accounts is we would then reduce that figure. Uh, to account for your personal usage, because we would then say, well, if the business was 90% of the of the value, we've, we've got all of the money that you've spent on that vehicle, and we would work out what 90% is, and then disallow 10% of that, that cost. Um, otherwise, what's happening is you've got no measured way and no mathematical way to work that cost out, because we'll have missing entries that you didn't put in, because you thought that would just be what you're using personally. Um, so, if it's 45 pence a mile, record every single business journey. If it's actual expenses, put everything through, and then we'll work out the business and personal split at the end of the year when it's time. Fabulous. I've got one here from Brianne who swore on the group Lee. Does anyone use QuickBooks, the self-employed oh. version? Oh, no. it's that annoying. And it, I know fun. it's annoying and doesn't work. Yeah, that's why we call it shit books. Um, our advice, Brianne, get a different system. <laughs> yeah, leave immediately. Um, yeah, leave it. Um, this is not um, thingy related, but it's good to ask just because it helps people. Uh, this is from an anonymous person. Um, I've sent our paper partnership tax return to HMRC twice now, signed for, and then by special delivery. 
Royal Mail have not attempted to deliver either, and it's been three weeks. Royal Mail useless, it can't get through to a human HMRC. Um, anyone else have any issues? What would you do in that sense? Just, I guess you'd have to keep just ringing HMRC and try and get through. I mean, realistically, if it's been three weeks and you've sent it multiple times, HMRC at the moment have a backlog of everything. Mm. Whether that, even us as accountants, the HMRC are becoming unfit for purpose and they're closing telephone lines down. Um, yeah. They have this massive backlog of post. And to give you an idea, we have a client that's owed a refund on their payroll side because of maternity, a member staff went on maternity, and you can claim back maternity allowance. HMRC has uh, agreed that they are due a refund and they're going to process the refund, but the soonest it's going to be done is the 31st of October. And that's just as a guide. It could take longer than that. So in your circumstances where you've posted the paper form to them and it's been three weeks, it's going to be very difficult. You need to first find out whether or not it was delivered by mm. Royal Mail, because if Royal Mail is saying that it's not been delivered, the fault could lie with them. If Royal Mail are saying it has been delivered, you need to speak to the HMRC self-assessment team to check that they've got it. They may not have processed it, but they may have logged it that they've received it. If neither has happened, I would look at getting software and filing the self the self assessment via software. That is the only way that you would get a submission receipt. So that if you ever got a late filing penalty, you could go back to your submission receipt and say, actually, it was filed on time, yeah. and you acknowledge receipt digitally. So it it's not great, and there's no easy answer for that one, but do it via software, and then you've got proof. Yeah. They're a bit useless with anything paper-related, to be fair. Um, do I need a business account to set a pre-agent? No, you don't. You can use any uh, bank account. Obviously, with Metal, you get it free. Um, so it's always a bonus because otherwise you'd be paying 20-odd quid a month. Um, we do do them cheaper. So if anyone is wanting free agent but not necessarily accountant, we do free agent and zero at a reduced cost. Um, so just let us know if you want that. Like I say, we don't have to do your books. If you just want the software, that's absolutely fine. Um, my partner started grooming end of April, but we registered for self-assessment at the start of April. We've had a letter basically saying that they've got to do a self-assessment for April 22, 23. Um, is it a simple call up and explain? Yeah, um, I don't know who that is because it's anonymous. You need to call them up and obviously explain um, and they will just wipe it. If you ignore it, they will find you for a late filing. Yeah. Penalty. So bring them up. Uh, best time to ring HMRC is always first thing in the morning at eight o'clock. Um, Any time after that, I wouldn't bother because you'll waste a whole day. Um, Just give them a ring at eight o'clock um, in the morning. You'll be fine. So um, this week, I have strike action. And when you ring them, the, the, the message is now saying they're open nine till five. You may mm. be on hold an hour and we may not answer. So can we go on strike? Can we go on strike? Everyone's going on bloody strike. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Sally put accrual or cash basis, which I answered as accrual. Most people use accrual. We will do the definitions maybe on on another time. Um, 
Am I best to leave? This one, Ainsley. Um, am I best to have the direct debit for my phone and laptop coming out of my business account or just leave it in my personal account and keep receipts? I personally would have everything in one place, so I would move it over to your business account. It makes your accounting much, much easier. And as an accountant, when we ask for your bank statements, if you've got expenses coming out of your personal accounts, we're going to ask for those bank statements too. And there may be things on there that you don't want other people to see. So to avoid that, put it all through your business account. It'll be picked up by your software so you can bookkeep with it on a on a month-by-month basis. Uh, it just makes everybody's lives much, much simpler. Fab. Message from Tina. Um, hope everyone's had an amazing weekend. Recently gone from Walker to Border. Can I put blankets through as an expense as purchase as I purchase these to cover the sofas? Um yes. Um, Woo! Lee said yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I was waiting to argue with you on that. I was waiting for you to say <laughs> no, and I was going, why? I definitely would. And again, it depends on what type of blankets we're talking, but generally, if you're talking like the, the pet blankets that you can get, then not absolutely. Gucci. <laughs> not Gucci. Yeah. So if you've gone out and bought specific ones from a high-end retail store, um, where they're quite a few pounds each because they fit in with your decor, then no. So no. yes, but with some terms and conditions attached. <laughs> yes, don't go silly buying like a very expensive uh, cover. Um, right, we're going to wind it down uh, there for tonight because I am bloody starving. Um, just before we go, just remember, um, I know we get a lot of uh, messages and emails and texts and things about utilities and how to calculate your utilities. We do have the utilities calculator uh, that Lee put together um, that will calculate the amount to put in your accounts for your utilities. And that will save you hundreds of pounds every year when you're doing your tax return because no one gets the right utilities figure. They either put the basic figure down, which is not enough, or maybe they put too much down um, and you'll get in trouble with HMRC. We have designed this calculator that you can use year in, year out. Once you've got it, you've got it. Um, and you just punch in all your figures that you've got for your water, your gas, your electric, your ins- home insurance, etc., and it will literally populate a figure for you to put into your accounts for your use of uh, home expenses. So if you're a boarder or a groomer that work from home, obviously you're going to be spending a lot on water and electricity. Um, it's worth doing, um, and you can get that. It's pinned to the top of the group, and you can purchase that, which is also a business expense, so it's win-win. So just remember we have that available. Uh, we also have the new business. Oh, go on. There's one last question as well that's just popped up in the, the chat. That was oh. before we finished. Um, so Jacqueline's asking, with regards to the wet pet pods, can the whole amount paid be put through expenses? Some accounts say you can only take off 18% per year as it's classed as an asset. My turn to ask the question. <laughs> yes, you can put a wet pet pod through. Yeah, the the 18% (laughs) simply. I'm like, yes, Uh, it's the only thing you can. Most like sheds and things, you definitely cannot. Summer houses, an absolute not. But the wet pet pods, because it is built for the purpose of being a grooming pod and it's not as if you can turn it into anything else, um, then yes, you can put the whole amount. And Lee will explain where they've got this 18% from. So the 18% could be based on. When we talk about the annual investment allowance, which is the amount that you can put 
through business as an asset, you have the option of claiming it in full or claiming it in part or not claiming it at all. When you purchase the asset, if you only claim it in part or don't claim it in full, um, then you can you can have 18% tax relief on a diminishing balance year after year until it's you've had the full value of, of taxation on there. Um, so depending on how your accountant would have put it through your books and depending on your, your income, we would make a decision at the point of doing your tax return of what's going to be most tax efficient for you. So for argument's sake, if putting the full value through took you below the tax threshold, but didn't take you far enough down so that you'd get a tax rebate for any um, any tax that you've already paid for that year, we wouldn't pull the, put the full amount through. We would put through a proportion of it to get you below the tax threshold, and then we would roll the rest of it on so that we can claim 18% in subsequent years so that you benefit for longer for that expense. Um, so it's a little bit of a paper exercise, mm. but again, that's what you pay accountants for, to have that knowledge so that you don't lose the the tax relief um, by doing something and adding something in full in one year. Um, so they are right in one sense, but you can also put it in full as well if you want to. Yeah, I guess, Jackie, it's going to depend on, on your situation, whether, like Lee said, you put the whole amount through or not, because sometimes it's not worth it. And again, that's where people fall up is they'll just whack the whole amount in when they don't need to, not knowing that they can um, spread it over the next however many years. So again, a perk of having us. Um, sorry. difference I- between an asset and an expense. An expense, you have to put them all through in the year that you that you have them, whereas an asset, we can play with a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But you can't withhold expenses to carry those forward. So please just be careful with that. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was wondering, I was thinking, God, there's no comment. And then I realised I had it on a different thing and I couldn't see them all. (laughs) (laughs) So apologies. I've just seen everyone's uh, messages on there. And I thought, I wonder, I thought everyone was quiet today. No, no, that's just me. Um, Sally, yes, we are taking on new clients. We've just opened our books uh, this month. And again, we're not going to have them open for long um, because we do get an influx uh, we have had people waiting quite a long time. So if you do want an appointment, then please just let us know. Give us a ring uh, or drop uh, Tegan an email at admin at thomasandclark.co.uk and she will send you out a calendar link uh, for me and Lee to have a chat um, because they probably will close again uh, in the next month. Um, just before I was rudely interrupted uh, by Lee, uh, but which was good because I didn't see any of the questions, um, if you are new to business or fairly new and you're not sure on the expenses side of things or HMRC or record keeping um, or any of the finance side, then our course that we have produced, the New Business Essentials course, which again is, is pinned to the top of the group, um, please, please, please get it. It is full of information. I will give you your money back if you do not find it useful. That is how confident we are. Um, on on the course itself it's 99 pounds it is worth way more than that 10 times that with the amount of stuff that we've put in there i know a course very similar um that this person charges 1500 quid for and i would say ours is probably better so and it's also a business expense so if you're new and you're not sure 
um, then please, please, please take us up on that course. It's not going to be around forever. Um, we will obviously jiggery poker it at some point and, and do different things with it. So if you're new to business or you're, um, you haven't got a clue or you're only maybe a year in and you're still struggling and you haven't got the money to buy an accountant or pay for an accountant, then please, please, please take us up on that course. You know, it's the only thing we really sell. We're not really pushy people. We, we never sell our services generally on these things or, or on any of the platforms, to be fair. But this, because it is so useful, I want people to use it. Okay, so please, please, please don't forget about that. Um, I would like to book, I need help slot, please. Kimmy, you've got our number, you can ring us anytime. Um, Tegan's got you on speed dial, so don't you worry, Kimmy, just give us a shout if you're stuck with anything. Um, I, Sally, I think, has had the course and, and has put us really good. So please don't forget about that. We don't sell much, but this we put our blood, sweat and tears into. It's currently going through the process of um, getting rubber stamped by iPad. So as soon as that is uh, fully done, then obviously we'll we'll have a proper launch and tell everyone a bit more information on it. But whilst it is cheap, make sure that you get it. Um, right, I'm going to call that a day because I have a lovely Chinese waiting for me and it's absolutely boiling in here. Um, I hope you all have a great week. Like I said, next week, um, it will just be my lovely face giving Lee a week off because uh, we have a very special guest, which I will divulge next week. And then I think we've even got an even better guest the week after. So we're full. Lee's got two weeks off um, and then we'll bring him back um, in a couple of weeks just to, to quiz him a bit more. Um, but like I say, carry on using the group. Uh, make sure you spread the word about the podcast. Get listening to it. Uh, remember to vote as well because of the the um, awards that we put a link in. Give us a vote for the podcast. Um, and we will keep you updated on Mabel's progress um, as she gets bigger if she doesn't chew us to death. Um, she's just going to come and say goodbye to everyone. Um, have a safe week. Keep using the group. Get your tax return done. And uh, get a puppy they said um one that doesn't, <laughs> no, 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 no. yeah don't get don't get too lightly though because he's mad um but yes i hope you've enjoyed it um and we'll catch up next week uh as always thank you everyone for listening take care and we will see you next friday for wind down friday and i might actually have a drink in my hand all right guys take care everyone bye yeah, bye Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.